My name is Ryan Miller, and I've spent the last 15 years helping hundreds of people just like you to raise millions of dollars for their funds and for their startups. I am on a mission to help investors and founders to create new jobs, extreme wealth, and the dream life they deserve. Join me as we peel back the curtains and explore fresh ideas and dynamic personalities as we all move toward our dreams of making billions. Let's get into it. In this week's episode, I bring on Dr. Dana Lambert. Dr. Lambert is the founder and CEO of Indira Pharmaceuticals. Join us as Dana gives us the three things that venture capital investors look for when investing in her company. You don't want to miss it. Plus, Dana gives us a raw account of the never give up and never give in mentality necessary for you and I to win in our pursuit of making billions. Here we go. Hey, welcome to another episode of Making Billions. I'm your host, Ryan Miller, and today I got a special treat for everybody. Today, I got my special friend, Dana Lambert. Dana is the founder and CEO of Andira Pharmaceuticals. They started back in 2015, I believe. Is that right, Dana? Yeah, you got it. Awesome. So, so Dana, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into this business? Uh, what was it that drove you to start a pharmaceutical company out of all things? Yeah, that's, um, I'm happy to go into that. Um, thank you so much for having me, Ryan. I'm, I'm really excited to, to be on here. So I, I started as a hospital pharmacist. Um, I was also a, a healthcare executive. I ran clinical research programs, quality and safety initiatives, and in doing that clinical work, I was dealing with some of the, the most sick people in our hospitals. So people that were in ICU um, battling, you know, serious infections, battling cancer, and I was responsible for managing their drug therapy. And it just became really clear that the drugs and interventions and medications we have in our healthcare system right now just aren't cutting it. And then I started looking at science and research. So as a pharmacist, I mean, you're pretty aware of drug science, mm -hmm. but then there's an even deeper level of research. Then there's like the hardcore pharmacology research that happens in labs. This is before drugs are even discovered. And I started looking at the science of certain natural medicines and it was clear that, hey, that there's some possibilities here. Like it, it, if somebody really digs into this and, and develops this further, we could, we could have better medicines for people. I, I could potentially bring something to, to this hospital and, and to healthcare systems around the world that, that help treat people, help, help treat them safely. And, and effectively treat very serious conditions. So, um, I, I mean, I loved what I did as a hospital pharmacist. Um, absolutely loved it. But I felt like I wasn't able to really bring my creativity and, and my, my whole self to it. So, so, would, uh, so would you say that uh, you felt like maybe there was something calling you? Absolutely. You, you felt that... Uh, you know, to, to put it in uh, more romanticized terms, um, you, almost destiny was calling or, or something greater. Maybe was it, was it, was it that kind of, was it this inner turmoil that 100%. Or, yeah, it, it yeah, was, there was, it was something inside of you that just wasn't getting out? 
yeah, it, it was it was an inner inner voice that was happening, and and I should back up and say that um, <laughs> I started at university in business school, so I've always known that I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I'm somebody that negotiated my way out of doing half the work in grade twelve business school, um, but I always found science and like chemistry and biology super challenging. So I always thought I wasn't smart enough to go into pharmacy and and understand the science of medicine. So I was like business school, like I, I can do that. That's easy. I got in and I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm passionate about medicine. So became a pharmacist. Then I'm like, okay, like. It, it was a calling from within that was like, how can I, how can I make the greatest impact? Mm. Like what, what can I do that? That's just like in, in my highest excitement. Like if I, if I can do something with my life, like harnessing all the training and knowledge that I have, like what, what can I do to, to better medicine? Like what, what, what can I do? And obviously it's going to take so much work, so much learning on my part. I mean, to develop a drug is, is probably one of the most difficult endeavors you could take on it. It's, it's the most, um, it's the most regulated, highly complex industry on the planet. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I completely left uh, my career as a pharmacist. Um, I applied to go back into the faculty of pharmaceutical science at UBC where I, got my pharmacy degree from, um, Mm -hmm. they have a world leading research program. And if you want to go back, you you can get a PhD in pharmaceutical science research. I I had no idea how to do research. All I knew was I I wanted to learn. Um, I I wanted to explore um, this research that was coming out on natural compounds, natural medicines, and, and how, how we could develop them into better therapies. So somehow they, they accepted me into grad school. They made me start as a master's student because I didn't have any training and research. They let me advance into the PhD program. Um, but I didn't go into that program to get a PhD. I had no interest in uh, becoming a professor or an academic. I, I went into that program to network and learn how the pharmaceutical industry worked mm. and learn how to develop drugs and get world-class training in hands-on research and learning how to actually develop drugs in a lab. So I was wow. about a year into my PhD. Um, and then at UBC, there's this fantastic, um, this is UBC Vancouver. Um, mm-hmm. There's this fantastic like business development course called lean launch pad and i was like okay i, I want to make um uh, a pain therapy for people um like a safe effective pain treatment how do i launch this venture um so yeah I, I i just started out getting curious about how the industry works and it turns out vancouver in particular is just a, a mecca of talent in, in the biopharmaceutical space so i got placed up with um some of the best mentors you could imagine. I was very, very fortunate in that respect. So um, I got a better understanding of, of how the biopharma industry worked, what, what the typical business models are for early stage biopharma companies. Um, okay. And then I was also in, in the lab doing 
doing uh, research at the same time. So that's that, amazing. That's the backstory that that's wow. that's what happened, I guess, before um, Andira launched. Yeah. So this was pre-Andira. Pre-Andira. Yeah. So so my goodness, I, as I listen to you, I'm like, this is this is a deep well. We could go so many directions off just that little bit. So you, you're you've got such a wonderful experience and story that I want to really make sure the world hears this. So with that being said, you mentioned um, one thing I want to touch on is you said, um, which we believe on this podcast is you wanted to get into understanding. You wanted a network and you want to understand the business. So we obviously believe uh, in reputation and relationships as the, the episode before you that we talked a little bit about that and the importance of building your wealth and your income is uh, directly related to those two. Now, when you mentioned that you were at University of British Columbia, uh, BC, UBC, and you did you find an incubator or a, an accelerator, some type of startup program that got you into that business? Maybe talk about a little bit of, of that early start and entering that program and, yeah. and how it kind of evolved. And, and was it helpful? Was it not? I mean, I, yeah. tell, tell us everything. So UBC has a great entrepreneurship program. It's just called E, like the letter E at UBC. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've just got... Um, a tremendous panel of um, very experienced industry experts. Um, And so I started out doing um, a program called Lean Launchpad. Um, Mm. So the the person who was running the course was actually one of the founders of Sierra Wireless. And he shared his story with us about how they almost failed and everything, nothing was working and they only figured out how to make their business work just by chance. And it was essentially their last ditch effort, but miraculously it it all turned around. And so it was like, look guys, (laughs) you know, businesses do not go how you, how you envision them a lot of the time and you you have to adapt. And and anyways, they, they paired us up with great mentors. I ended up meeting people that had run pharma companies, um, biotech companies, um, some based in Vancouver, some based in the, in the U S um, people that had been like the head of marketing for major pharma companies, like multinational pharma companies. Um, So to, to get that kind of, you know, exposure to these people. And, and at first you just, you feel like an idiot talking to them because you're just this, you know, person that just has this kind of naive vision that I want to develop a pain drug. And they're just kind of like, honey, you have no idea like what you're getting <laughs> into. Like you poor thing. Hope you've got thick skin because you're going to yeah. get your ass handed to you. <laughs> and, yeah. and did you get your ass handed to you? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 A few times. So Several I'm times, assuming, yeah. yeah, in that program. So uh, it's it's a very common experience. I've I've heard this from other colleagues um, that going through incubator programs are uh, sometimes the word accelerator is good. Um, what, just th- this thing is like catch, catching a lightning in a bottle. Well, I, and, I I should just I should just make the distinction that I I did not get my ass handed to me through the the UBC 
entrepreneurship program that that no yeah that that, that was you're right helpful it, it, yeah. it was Thank you um, for the, clarifying. The, the turmoil that i encountered after launching the company that um what was was super challenging the ubc That's, entrepreneurship uh, folks were, were just nothing but supportive and I, I ended up meeting tons of mentors who some of whom i i, I still work with today Okay, so the asshandery happened after you graduated the program, yeah. and you they you spread your wings. Great. So so walk me through. You mentioned a little bit, and I do want to get into the evolution of the company. But you mentioned one other thing, um, and that is mentors. Now it sounds like that program was really good with mentors, um, but uh, walk me through just. Talk about some of the mentors that, uh, is that something you believe in? Um, sounds like it is, but maybe walk us through that experience of finding a mentor, holding on to a mentor, keeping them interested in what you're doing. How has that uh, helped you uh, become a founder, a CEO, a, an extraordinary dynamic person that you are? Walk us through sure. how I mean, that was shaped through mentorship. What what was, what was so... Um like uh, amazing to me was how generous these people were with their time. I mean, they, they didn't have to be talking to me they had already, you know, they're super successful people that, you know, that, that they're genuinely just trying to help you because they genuinely want to see someone else in the industry succeed. And, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be where I am today if they hadn't, taken the time with me but you know mm-hmm. i think that the best the best mentors for me have been the people that have been completely real with me very realistic yeah and not sort of painted this you know rainbow you know beautiful beautiful picture uh, of what this industry looks like the the best mentorship was was the most challenging to 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 be mentored by to be told like you well, you're going to have a really hard time raising money you, you don't you don't have money you can't fund this yourself um you know you you can try but are, are you know early most early stage companies fail yeah. Um, are you prepared to deal with that? Um, it can take up to 10 years or, or, or much longer to develop a drug and get it to a point where Pfizer or AstraZeneca is going to care about maybe wanting to do a deal with you. Um, yeah. it's, it's a, it's probably one of the toughest industries on the planet. So it, it, it was a reality check. And it was like, Dana, if you're prepared, like if you want to do this, look, look what you're up against. Do you, do you really want to jump into this? It's, it's daunting. And I so appreciate the mentors giving me that, that info because not only they tell me, you know, what I'm in for it, they, they helped, they helped guide me through it. And a lot of the time I just reached out to them if something was, was challenging or I didn't know what to do, or if I just wanted to hear their mm-hmm. thoughts on something and it, it's just been super helpful. Right. So would you say then, um, so, so finding a mentor, I, I think our, our listeners would be very interested in the ways. Now we've talked about one way, um, believe it was an incubator program yeah yeah so on that incubator program um were there other avenues that you've found helpful in finding a mentor that you think maybe our listeners would appreciate 
you know what? Um, it wasn't just it wasn't just the the one incubator program. It was like that. That was sort of like the the seed. Like what, once you planted the seed and you've you've met your your first few set of mentors, they're going to introduce you to other people. Those people are going to introduce you to other people. So it, it it's just a matter of realizing that. You know, it, it it can start small. You can you can talk to people that you know are are highly experienced, and, and maybe they can't necessarily help you with exactly what you're doing. But I think it's really important to be open to maybe there's some other ways that these people are going to to help me, and, and that could be introducing me to others. So it, it it's just it it's amazing. You, you never know who you're going to meet, and like it's, it really is a small world. And, um, yeah, I, I think that the biggest piece of advice is just to, to stay open and, and try and meet as, as many people as you can that are in the same field as you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. AI is changing the game of business. Will you be on the winning team? I'm Jordan Wilson, the host of the Everyday AI Podcast, and your coach to help you learn the X's and O's of AI. Artificial intelligence isn't just a new player in the game, it's a new sport altogether. So if you don't quickly put AI into play, your competitors will run up the score. I've spent my whole life building winning teams, from coaching basketball to working with big players like Nike and Jordan Brand. My next move, helping you win with Everyday AI. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or on everydayaipodcast.com. Let's tap into AI together and put points on the board. Right on. Yeah, no, the like like we say, the two R's, your reputation, relationships. When you understand that, then things start to expand. Uh, would you agree that's how it played out for you? For sure, yeah. Yeah, awesome. So, um, you know, I, I uh, I've noticed that, uh, so now, now here we are today and Dira, right? We, we see this, I see your, your website. I don't have the view from the inside that you do. <laughs> so maybe, you know, here we are in pre Andira days. Um, walk us through, um, how now that you've gone through this incubator program, it sounds like you had mentors and coaches challenging you saying, Hey, are you sure? Cause this, this is no easy task, but making billions is not easy. Anybody who signs up or listens to a podcast like this isn't looking for the easiest path. And and neither did you. 13 years of school, is that right? PhD, the whole, yeah. That's, like that's you right. went for it. Yeah, yeah, a total of 13 years, yeah. Yeah, and that's formal education. Obviously, yeah. you haven't stopped learning, and, and uh, we're certainly fortunate to have a, a great mind like yours on the show. So, so talk about... Um, Andira and how it started, like the actual Andira, not the pre, but you know, here we are, you're, you're just graduating a, uh, incubator program. You got a mentor in hand. How did you go from there to where you're at now? Sure. Yeah. So what I did was like came up with, uh, a business plan of like the technologies that I wanted to develop, um, they okay. involved um, certain cannabinoids, which are the active um, medicinal ingredients derived from cannabis. That's what I, I did okay. my PhD research on. So I, I launched Andira while I was uh, also doing my PhD. 
Um, my, my PhD supervisor <laughs> wasn't the most pleased with it. And then bless his heart, he tolerated me um, being an entrepreneur and, and also trying to like navigate my way through the, the program. Uh, so, but he, he was, he was supportive and, and it was great. Um, so the, the way Andira started was um, a really old family friend. You know, I was walking with him on, on a beach one day and just told him what my vision was. Um, at that time, there was research coming out that suggested certain cannabinoids could be very helpful for treating things like advanced cancer and pain. And getting into the PhD program, I started learning about all different ways of formulating IV therapies. And so I had this amazing plan of how I wanted to use cannabinoids to treat cancer. And this family friend, Mike Wall was like, you know what? Um, I, I want to support you. Uh, I, I, I know that you're an entrepreneur. Um, he, he's known me since I was born. Um, great family friend. And he's like, okay, if you want to do this, Dana, like we will, um, get get a group of of um investors together we'll organize a presentation and and let let's get you a first seed round of capital raise so so that's how we started in 2015. Mm. um so we're developing um therapeutics for pain and also doing a, another type of technology called biosynthesis and mm. I, I won't get too far into into the weeds on that. No pun intended. We, we don't actually yeah. work. We don't actually work with cannabis. Um, we, we work with purified um, cannabinoids yeah. that that come Compounds. from a lab. So we we don't actually touch the plant. Um, yeah. the, the, this is a cannabinoid pharma company, not not a cannabis company. And and if I can just chime in for for the listeners who are not from Canada and haven't heard the news, and I believe in 2017 it was federally across the country legalized, not just for medicinal, uh, but also recreational. So the stigma is very quickly running away, at least in Canada. Um, and then there are other select areas. So we, Canada, I would say, would be one of the forerunners in um, embracing um, all the things, including the research in cannabinoids. And you're certainly one of them leading that charge. Well, I mean, actually, the, the legalization has had absolutely no impact on um, pharmaceutical development and research. If I, if I want to order in cannabinoids into one of our labs, I still have to apply to Health Canada for a research permit, mm. the exact same permit that I had to apply for when I was doing my PhD back wow. in 2014. So, I mean, the, the, this has nothing to do with cannabis whatsoever. Um, sure. the, the regulations are, are, are completely different when you're talking about purified um, um, compounds compound. or drugs. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's important to make that distinction. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I wanted to clear that up because we, we've got listeners all over the world. So we wanted to make sure that uh, they understood the, at least the Canadian national culture around that. Sure, is, is, uh, sure, not sure. only legal. I mean, it, you're right. It Don't get me wrong. Happen. I totally support the, you know, yeah, yeah. We're, we're pretty cool about yeah. <laughs> I, I'm all for it. I, I think it's great. But um, yeah, it's it's a step in the right direction for sure. Now, you mentioned in, in your story, and thank you for that. Now, where we're at now is you mentioned, uh, and, you, and you skipped past, past it, so I'm going to bring you back. You had a mentor, 
uh, or a colleague who you've known for a while and he said hey i'm going to get a bunch of people together and we're going to raise your first round um let's not skip past that that's amazing that's a big thing that a lot of our and, and i've gone through it too a lot of our listeners um are kind of wondering how do you raise capital how do you get your first investor how do you get your first institutional investor so maybe walk me through a little bit about like truly bring me into that moment where you were talking raising capital i'm sure you had to say something to someone eventually on that raise um how did that go uh you know what did you learn how did that help um yeah sure walk us through that first investor yeah, well, it was, um, it was a group of eight investors, and um, mm-hmm. at, at that time, I had um, an amazing mentor that had worked with big, big pharma. Um, what was uh, a director of Andira? Like, I'm mm-hmm. super grateful for for having him as a mentor. Um, and and one of the things he taught me was when you're when you're raising capital, at least in the biotech biopharma space. Um, investors are investing in three things. They're investing in the technology, mm-hmm. the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So what, what's the, what's the commercial potential of this and, and your team? Those are three things. So nice. you have to be able to convince investors that, that you've got those bases covered. So you could have the most brilliant life-saving, life-altering, like miracle drug in the works. But if there's no commercial opportunity, if, if, if you, if it somehow is not going to fit in with, with medical practice or doctors are not going to prescribe it, or there's some regulations that would prevent it, well, forget it. There's no, there's no business opportunity for it. And it's not going to fly. Um, okay. and if, if you don't have the right team, so, so your investors are also betting on, do you have a team of seasoned people that have done this before and been incredibly successful? In in my case, I was so fortunate that, that I, I did. I, I mean, I, I didn't have them on board as a, employees because obviously I couldn't, I couldn't pay yeah. them their market yeah. salary. You didn't have any money. Yeah. But, but holy, holy smokes, like those people like pledge that like, Hey, put me on your slide deck. I'm an advisor. I will help you with this. Um, so I, I, I engaged them all as consultants, um, mm-hmm. agreed to pay them what I could. And, um, and we had still have an amazing team. Um, so really it was a very focused business plan. Um, there were very specific technologies we were, um, embarking on developing we already had some proof of concept um and it was you know (laughs) it was it was uh, a moment in my life i'll never forget when i I was able to present to this wonderful group of people in cowichan bay on vancouver island um just the the most amazing group of people that got together and 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 they all said like we we believe in you like Mm. we you know, the, we want to support this. So <laughs> we were able to raise enough money to, to get off the ground. Um, you know, I was able to acquire a research space at UBC. Um, we had, we had our first major R and D project up and running and then, um, and then it failed. So, uh, some, someone else's patent that was pending, um, mm-hmm. got issued. 
it, it got awarded and it put a hard stop to what we were working on. Um, it was unanticipated that that patent would get awarded. Um, you know, I, I have one of the best, someone who's considered to be one of the best, if not the best, biotech patent lawyers in Canada. And he's also renowned by patent lawyers in the U.S. as well as being among the best. And he's like, that. look, there's a very, very low chance this thing is going to get awarded. But it did. This other patent came down and it was like, well, <laughs> that that's it. You know, we could try and, and file disputes. We could drag it out in court. But, the, you know, yeah. we, we don't have the money to do that. Right. So it was um, at that point we had burned through a, um, more than half the capital we had. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, at that point, I was completely devastated that, that I had spent those shareholders' money on something that was not moving forward. Hmm. Um, and how did you deal with that? So in that moment, you said, you use the word, we failed. Um, and, you know, I, I'm totally going to put words in your mouth, but by paraphrasing, I think Nelson Mandela says, um, and I teach my kids this, is... Uh, I never lose. I either win or I learn. And this is, you know, your story is reminding me of this. Now, in the moment, you probably felt like you lost. You lost something, right? You're feeling guilty, all of these feelings. And maybe many of the listeners here have felt that way. Maybe not through pharmaceutical, but it's a very familiar uh, moment. So talk about a little bit about that feeling of failure and how did you get back on your feet to persevere and continue to develop your co- your company, even though you you felt like shit, you're you you, you know you, you all these horrible ideas are going through your head about investors' capital and people trusting you, and you know probably one of those dark days that a lot of companies need to go through, and you did. How did you come out the other side? Well, I I, I felt worse than shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was devastating and w- when i started the company and raised that capital in my mind i, I was i was going to get those people like at least a 6x or like a 50x return on their money like that that's what was happening that like there there was no other option on the table for me so when that happened it was like so out of the blue and unexpected Mm-hmm. And I felt this personal responsibility. I'm like, shit, I've got to pay all these people back. Like, I, I can't, I can't just like wind things down and like tell them that the, what they they just like realized a sixty percent loss and yeah. it, you know. Um, but ultimately, I just re- really checked in with myself. I started exploring other career options. I, I'm not going to lie. I was like, obviously, yeah. I I failed. This isn't working out. It wasn't meant to be. I've accepted that. Um, but it's like, what What do I, is this really what I still want to do? Hmm. And, and the answer was yes. And I, I essentially gave the option to all of the shareholders. I organized a meeting and just said, look, guys, this is what, this is what's happened. This is where we're at. Um, you know, here's a plan that I propose to move forward with, but I want to leave the option open to each and every one of you that if you just want your, what, what is remaining of your money back, if you, if you just want your money back and to walk away, I will, I will write you a check and give you your money back. 
And each and every one of them just said, no, Dana, just keep going. Just keep going. So you had some good venture capitalists behind you. I I can't even tell you how grateful I was on that day and and how grateful I still am. Um, That, that, that gave me the, the boost that I needed to go like, okay, like it's okay for me to continue. So how much that brilliantly said, so, um, as you tell me, you had a moment there that you said, is this something I still want to do? And the answer was yes, I believe is what you said. Yeah. And I think that's great. So I, I want to drill in that because I, I, I've, I've experienced similar moments myself and I, I'm, I'm going to probe a little bit. So in that moment where you do this gut check and say, is this something I still want to do? How much, and, and, and this is a little leading, but how much has your, did your original vision help you in that moment? Uh, it was, you know, it, it was just like an honest check-in and it, it was just like throw the original vision out, out the window. Like I'm totally open to maybe, maybe this is not what what's in my best interest. Maybe this is not, maybe I can make a bigger impact somewhere else. Um, can, can I, can I um, like apply myself and, and benefit the world in some other way, in some other form. And really I was completely open to, to something else. And um, it was just this, this very deep feeling that no, um, I, I, I just, I just haven't gotten there yet. But I still deeply felt that my my greatest good that I can bring forward with my life is is developing better medicines for people, and I, I've accepted that it's it's such a tough industry. So, and and like you said, Ryan, like you, <laughs> like you're, you're just going to learn. It, yeah. it, it's not it's not a failure; it's a learning opportunity. And at the time, I didn't it was like a crisis at the time. It was, it was a life altering, terrible thing to go through. But in hindsight, I learned so much from it. And so I, we pivoted. I ended up meeting even more mentors, um, got even more support for what we were doing. Um, and, uh, and then I ended up getting involved in looking at antimicrobial properties of cannabinoids and then we had this major discovery happen at ubc in 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 this lab across the street from where i was doing my phd and um it it was just like wow okay like we found that we developed a formula where we can make an existing antibiotic work 500 times better than it was working and completely overcome antibiotic resistance and potentially save people's lives and treat and it, treat untreatable infectious disease that that's claiming lives all over the world and so it was like oh my gosh like i can't believe this this discovery happened and i truly think it's because i was open to it i was open to that that caliber of invention or medicine or technology um, come to me because in my mind, in my vision, that's what it was. That's what I was going to be doing. I was going to be bringing this into the world. And so somehow, you know, I, I tested a whole bunch of things in the lab, but somehow 
you know, the, this microbiology student approached me after a lecture because at the time I was teaching drug development and faculty. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, we're, we're, screen, we're screening compounds that might be effective against this superbug called VRE. Do you, do you know of anything that might help? So I said, well, dude, like, you know, th- there's a bit of research that suggests that certain cannabinoids and this other class of natural compounds called terpenes, some research to suggest that they might be antimicrobial. I don't know. So I packaged them all up and handed him a little baggie of cannabinoid samples. And uh, a month later, they got back to me and said, uh, we need to talk. We, we need to talk. Mm-hmm. Like the, the results are so good that we we think that something must be wrong. We must not be doing the experiment oh. right because what we're getting is so unbelievable. And, and it's truly un- unbelievable how effective certain compounds are. Anyways, um, we ended up filing um, patents on it. It's, um, it's, it's incredible. But after that, Ryan, um, oh, and, and we ended up um, discovering this other uh, topical formula that could help with wound care. Um, so we're also working on that. But that then, you know, capital was running low. And, and, and then I, I was experiencing uh, like a personal family tragedy. Uh, and, and it just, it, it wiped me out. So I graduated. I had just finished my PhD. And, and then I was just so, you know, going through a lot, a lot of grief and emotion. And it was just such a difficult time for me. And, and our, our money's just about out. And I only have so much time for Andira to formally license all of these biopharma technologies from UBC. And, and, and there's conditions on that. I, I have to sponsor further research at UBC. I have to prepare a full commercialization plan. I, I, I have to meet all these conditions to license the technologies. And I'm like, I don't have any gas in the tank. Like I, mm. I, I can't do it. I, I just, I just can't do it. You know, we're, we're, we're basically going to go bankrupt. Um, how, how on earth am I going to raise more, more capital? And, and at that time, the, there was a huge downturn in, in, in the cannabis industry. So, so even though we're a pharma company, because we're working with cannabinoids, you just get branded as, oh, you're a cannabis company. And so, so many investors had experienced um, major losses in, in, the, in the cannabis space. And so, if you're anything to do with cannabis, like, nobody wanted to talk to you. So, it, it was like the perfect storm that I was like, okay, no, like the, this is, this is so done. Like I can't raise capital under these conditions. Um, personally, I have, I have family, um, matters that are more important. I, I need to attend to that first. There's no money left. Like, a, it's just not going to fly. And so again, I was just like, okay, um, it's not meant to be like, it, it, is there some, is there something else I should be doing instead? Like mm. Dana, did you, did you really think that, those those drugs are actually going to work. Do you really think that like your lab discovery is actually going to translate into, into some life saving therapies? Like what what were you thinking? Like just 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 give it up. Like find something else to do. Go back to being a pharmacist. Like you're like you're taking the hard road here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so again, I was I was ready to give up, and um, yeah. and then you know my original shareholders 
who are some of the, like, I love them to death. They're some of the most amazing people. They just came to me and they're like, what can we do? Do you need more money? Do you need, like, I, I will write you a check to continue. I'm going to introduce you to, to a friend of mine that would be very interested in investing. I, I'm going to set up a presentation. And I was just like, Oh my God, like, can, can I even handle this? The, the amount of grief I was going through was just devastating. Like I, I couldn't even think properly. It was so hard. So it, it's like all of your shareholders are at risk of losing everything. And, and it's just like, you're going through this terrible time in your life. And it's like, how am I going to pull through and make this happen? But some, so some, how did you, I, did. That, that, I think me and all the listeners, cause I mean, I obviously know you did, but I don't know how. So, so walk me through here. You are right. You got, uh, you know, as we say, uh, they got life's got you on the ropes, right? You're just taking punches left and right. You're feeling it. You're wondering, is this over? Is this it? Uh, you know, and you know, the last time you said, um, I haven't gotten there yet. And that sounds like that was the thought that turned it around for you. And I'm a big believer. I call it the doctrine of yet, which is just a fancy way of saying just every time you doubt yourself, put the the word yet on the end and it's a nice little psychological trick to turn it around so i picked up on that pretty quick is you instead of saying i haven't gotten there so i haven't gotten there yet yeah and and often so here you are like this is i'm i'm so into this story so here you are life's got you against the rope family pressures financial pressures business pressures even relationship pressures because you got investors and all these people and then where did it all turn around? Um, honestly, when did it begin? What was the moment where it started to change in a different direction for you? Um, well, I, I have very, very close friends and, and family and, and mentors to thank for mm. getting me to um, look at the fact that, like, hey, you you could still, you could still do this. Like th this could still be a possibility. And, um, essentially I, I, I just, I did some soul searching. I ended up enrolling in like this, this personal development course, um, that, that a friend recommended. I didn't want to do it. I felt like shit. I was like, <laughs> I kind of want to do this stupid course where I have to, yeah, like, yeah. I, but I was like, you know what? Uh, it, it might help me even a little bit. And, and I could really use it right now. So let's see what this does. And it, it, it was a, an amazing, amazing course. And, um, I just, I, again, I just got really clear that uh, this, this whole possibility of better medicine is still mine to create if I want to, mm. it, it's, st it's still, it's still there. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm going through a rough time right now, but it's going to pass just take little steps. Just what do you need to do to secure that license to that IP from UBC? Let's just focus on that. How much money do I need to do that? I just wrote out a, a budget, came up with a plan, um, somehow wrote like a 60 page business plan and like got input, talk to people. It, it was even hard for me to talk to people at that point, like other professionals in the space, but I, I did. And, um, and then one of the, um, uh, friends that, that one of my shareholders introduced me to, 
I, I presented to him and, and uh, one of his colleagues and uh, had been chatting with them for, for a couple of weeks about the company. And, um, and then he, he agreed him and, and one other um, contact mine, personal friend and contact put in more capital and I, I just couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, we're, we're going to live to see it another day. And we actually may be able to make this life-saving treatment. And, mm-hmm. and just, and then, you know, think things just, things just built from there. So that, that little bit of extra funding allowed us to, to license three amazing patent pending biopharmaceutical technologies from UBC it allowed us to, to move forward. It allowed us to carry out um, additional research at UBC, de-risk the technologies further, uh, and then and then and then it was like, holy shit! Like these things actually work. Like my god! <laughs> like the so, we we, yeah. had, we had strains of bacteria from Vancouver General Hospital that were completely drug resistant. Resi- resistant wow. to like not just the the last resort, but but the backup drug that they used as a last ditch effort. That these these bacteria, like four different strains of bacteria, and the and these certain cannabinoids were just wiping them out. Not only that, but when you pair them with the, that standard of care antibiotic, there's this amazing synergy, and and, and it takes this antibiotic from not working and, and and then it works 500 times better than it ever did so so it's just this and it's so rare to see that type of of true synergy play out in in medicine it, it does happen but but to this magnitude it was just like oh my god and and our our patent is published it's in the public domain everyone can look it up and um, <laughs> see see all these cool graphs. It probably doesn't mean much to, to the average person, a non-scientist looking at it. Um, but it's, it's, it's really, it's really compelling data. And so now um, after having raised further capital and after having very positive um, patent examination reviews of our patents, um, we're, we're moving forward even more and, and doing the next phases of, of studies. We've got like amazing proof of concept done. And, um, <laughs> so we're, we're on track to develop an injectable antibiotic that's designed as an adjunctive treatment to add on to the existing standard of care antibiotic that's no longer working to, to, to cure people, this multi-drug resistant superbug infection. Um, wow. We're also developing um, a line of anti-infective wound care products as well. Uh, and we're also launching um, an oncology uh, cancer research investigation at UBC with the Canadian chair of, of cancer research as well. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's come a long way since, since 2015 and um, it's, it's yeah. super exciting. I'm, I'm super grateful for <laughs> the, the team that I have and, and the amazing scientists and, and researchers and, and all the colleagues I have that are yeah. way more talented at this than I am that, that, that I rely on for, um, for their expertise. It's, it's all come yeah. together. I love that. That's such a great story. And, you know, it sounds like uh, Dana is as bright and as dynamic as you are. Um, it sounds like you, you, you knew something very early on 
And if there's a theme to this, it's the power of mentors and, and they come in all shapes and sizes. And, and it was your mentors who some of them came from the venture capital industry. They very much, uh, the, the good ones are known for doing that is, is really helping you with whatever you need. And so, so here we are, I picture you starting out in this incubator program, bright eyed, still in grad, uh, in, in your PhD program. And you just wanted to learn and get to know, and you did. And some of that learning came from failures and you picked yourself up using the doctrine of yet. Uh, you didn't call it that. I certainly did, but either way, the effect is the same as you just said, it's, it's not yet. And you held on to your vision of what you wanted to do. You mentioned this before, we didn't really go into it, but you kept talking about not once did you talk about the money you would make. It was always the investor's capital. And often uh, I've noticed in, in your story is you kept talking about the impact that you wanted to make. What was that impact? That, that, that's what this is all about. Um, it's, it's really about helping people that are, that are suffering and, mm. and bringing, bringing better, safer medicines to them that, that is going to cure them um, or significantly help them heal from, from something terrible. I mean, our, our lives are so precious. We're only here for a limited amount of time and there's, there's too much tragedy. There's too much pain. There's too much suffering. Um, it, it, it's, it's just heartbreaking being, being, yeah. being a, a former hospital pharmacist, seeing it firsthand. I mean, that this is about being able to help people heal and offer them solutions to, to, to pain and suffering to help alleviate that. And if we can do that e even a little bit, even if it's only for one disease, I mean, that, that, that's what this is about. Um, and Absolutely. it's like that, that's why I do what I do. Um, that, that is it. Um, there's also, you know, a tremendous financial upside, to it. Um, and, and I've had some of the most remarkable financial mentors in, in helping me, um, you know, uh, assess the, the financial strategy of the company and including you, Ryan, um, you, you've been a phenomenal coach and, and mentor for me. Um, and I'm super grateful for that. Um, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, su super honored to be able to work with you. Um, yeah. but I mean, what, what I want, what first and foremost, we're, we're here to make better medicines for people, but I want to give my shareholders the most massive, ridiculous return they could ever yeah. imagine. So everything that I do is geared towards getting these drugs approved and saving people's lives. But I know that doing that <laughs> the side effect of that is going to be a huge amount of um, financial abundance. Um, yeah. So I, I, I see uh, financial success and making billions as being a, a really cool side effect of, of doing something greater. That's right. And doing it, um, you know, as, as I hear you talk and tell that story, you're very kind. And, and it's, it's also been my pleasure to, to work with you as well and, and, and sit, uh, from my seat and watch your success like so many other uh, people who've supported you and continue to as well. But the, the word that keeps coming to mind, well, there's a couple things. The first one is uh, I've always believed that the world needs more healers. It, and, and that can be in many forms. 
spiritual, physical, emotional. Um, there's enough enough of um, the other side that uh, the world needing more healers. And I, I would certainly refer to you as one of them, is you found your way. And my guess is that that is what helped you to get up off the floor over and over and over again. And like you said, making billions, let's not lose sight. This is certainly something that we want to do. And that's kind of the topic of the show as well. But being a healer, making billions off healing is so admirable. I would say you're making it the right way. I don't know if there's a right or wrong way. I mean, yes, there's a line, but um, it's so inspiring to see people who not only look at um, the their emotional satisfaction or, or maybe the, the impact more than the income without actually neglecting the income. So you're saying, yes, both are important. But it was always, it wasn't, ah, oh, you know, I, I got to try one more time because I really want to make this income. It was saying, no, it was my impact that mattered. It was my impact that pushed me forward. It was my impact that got me going. And it was the impact of being a healer that made me be honest with that, that first time where you had to stand in front of your investors and you were probably thinking, boy, they are going to take a pound of flesh out of me. And they did it. It was that authenticity. They knew you were a healer. Um, I'm assuming. And they said, no, we knew you, we know your why. Yes. We're, we're, we're venture capitalists. We're investors. We, we invest in, yes, we're, we're, we've run the numbers. We know what kind of upside there is. And you mentioned 50 X and, and my experience is that's, that's not unreasonable, but it was your impact. It was your why it was who you were, which puts you at the top, in my opinion, as a very effective leader. People followed you, not because of the money, but because of who you were and what you stood for. Would you agree that Thank that you. helped you along the way to get up off the floor, to bring investors into your world was just representing something deep and authentic? Yeah. Well, thank, thank you so much for that, Ryan. Um, that, that really means a lot. Um, yeah, I, I, I really do think that, um, people wanted to step up and invest because they, they could see the impact and I, and I do, or I'd like to think that, they, they they could sense my authenticity in in truly wanting to to help people, um, and it's it, it's those kind of investors that I'm just I'm, I'm grateful for every single day. Um, yeah, it, it, it's all about um, you know working as a team and you know trying to achieve your ultimate vision, but every single decision you make. I mean, my, my shareholders are always in my mind with me in making each and every decision. It's like, th this is not just about Dana trying to develop therapies that this, this is a business, this is a company and we're making amazing revolutionary, safe and effective treatments that can save lives. But where we also stand to, to have a significant upside. And I want to make sure that I maximize that return for everyone that's invested because they, they deserve it. They took a chance on me and, and I want to not, not only show them that, Hey, we can develop these drugs. Thank goodness. I have experts on my team that have done this so many times before we can do this. And, and yes, we're also a kick-ass 
business and an amazingly well-run company that knows how to to bring in the financial gains as well yeah you know how to make a buck absolutely (laughs) um so so one one final question i have for you then dana is if you couldn't leave any of your money behind when you died but you could only leave the advice that you've gained to your loved ones your kids your love everyone you love what would you what advice would you give them about money business impact anything in place of money uh i i think it would be um lead with lead with your heart hmm. um it's it, it, it's not about um, purely going after financial success, but each and every one of us has something so special that we can bring to the world. Just, just being ourselves and you owe it to yourself and the world to find that, find whatever it is that, that is truly beautiful and, and, valuable and amazing that that you can bring into the world and really it it comes from your heart um so that yeah that that that's your most precious asset (laughs) that 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 you can bring forward um and i really think that like the 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 greater your love the greater your your impact that you're going to have on the world and i think that generally speaking the greater the impact and the greater the, the benefit you offer the world the 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 more well-off and successful you're you're going to be and then you're going to be taken care of for for what you give that's absolutely brilliant spoken like a true healer dana well dana thank you so much for being on the show it was always a pleasure i loved going deep in into your background and your experience and i can't wait to watch your succeed your success as you grow into making billions well that's enough for me everybody uh if you have any questions you can always go i believe it's andira.ca is where they can find your company if you've been impressed this is this is the dana leading with her heart so focus on your impact and lead with your heart follow the doctrine of yet you will get there in your quest of making billions Wow, what a show. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to leave a comment and review on new ideas and guests you want me to bring on for future episodes. Plus, why don't you head over to YouTube and see extra takes while you get to know our guests even better. And make sure to come back for our next episode where we dive even deeper into the people, the process, and the perspectives of both investors and founders. Until then, my friends, stay hungry, focus on your goals, and keep grinding towards your dream of making billions.